Gang, for over a year now, I've been talking about True Hemp Science Full Spectrum CBD oils and how they've reduced my anxiety and helped me get better sleep without waking up feeling foggy and confused. I've also talked about the Full Spectrum CBD bombs that relieved my hand pain last year and made playing piano and guitar much easier. Well, gang, today I'm going to tell you about True Hemp Science organic gummies made with full spectrum hemp oil that are available now. They come in two different gauges. There are five, uh, 50 milligram ones that have 50 milligrams of CBD and 1.5 milligrams of THC. Then there are ones that are 100 milligrams of CBD and 5 milligrams of THC. Absolutely delicious uh, lemon lime slash orange flavors and also watermelon black cherry flavors. Super, super delicious. Now, now, they also have a complete line of full-spectrum CBD products, including oils, tinctures, skincare lotions, sports rubs, chocolates, gummies, all kinds of stuff. Well, gang, How Did I Get Here has teamed up with True Hemp Science to bring you a very special offer that benefits all of us. Spend $100 or more at TrueHempScience.com and you will get a free gift. Just enter the code HDIGH at checkout. There's a little code place there for you to enter it. H-D-I-G-H and you will get a free gift with purchase. That's right. Go to TrueHempScience.com and balance your body and mind with True Hemp Science. Let's get down. You may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? It's time for How Did I Get Here? I'm Johnny. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys all had a good weekend, whatever you did this weekend. Um, Skyrocket played their first holiday party of the year on Saturday night in this rich dude's backyard. We played this party a couple times before. This time was a little different. We added the Groove Line Horns, uh, who have been around. If you live in Austin, you know those guys. They've been playing with Jason Raz for years. They played with Kelly Clarkson. Amazing and cool, cool dudes. Very cool dudes. Very awesome. They were actually stationed right next to me. So I got like the full power of the horn section the whole night. Very lucky. And it was very exciting. They're old friends of mine. Carlos, Fernie, Raul, all bros from the 90s, 90s bros. We talked about Steamboat. We talked about stuff like that before the show. Uh, but it was great to hear them play and see them and hang out with them. It was a fantastic show. Great time. Got to see some old friends that were actually attendees of the party. This guy's really rich, and he has all kinds of weird people, like Lucas Nelson was there a year ago or something when we were there. Different kinds of people are hanging out at this party. You don't really know who's who, but I ran into Ray Segrin, who is a, an old friend of mine who ran the, the radio station Kanak back in the 90s. You might remember him. He's the executive producer of this new documentary that's coming out next year about the back room. And that whole scene, you might've heard me talking about it on some previous episodes. Well, he put me in touch with the, with the director of the movie and uh, we're talking about getting him on the show. So anyway, that was exciting. Ray also is, uh, has got a bunch of items from his, uh, his radio days. A lot of artifacts of, uh, of local music of nineties music heroes. I saw like a spoon vinyl thing and all this stuff. I will put the link to that at the bottom of this podcast of the text of this podcast, because, uh, he's raising money to get the movie out, to finish out this Kickstarter. So he's getting, he, he's got all this stuff on eBay, even a Mr. Rocket baby shirt, which by the way is going for $5. I'm going to get it for 10 if nobody bets on it or 
bids on it. Anyway, so ran into him, ran into uh, Kendall Beard from Love and Chaos. Great to see her and her husband. They were out having a night at this party, at this weird party. Skyrocket was playing in this dude's backyard with lasers and smoke and all this stuff and horn section. This uh, this guy, Hayden Vatera, who I'd, I've never met, but he played right before us. And we started right when we ended. Like we got on the stage for at his last song. But that guy is a ripping fucking violin player. He played along to these tracks and did all of this. He's like the fucking uh, Eddie Van Halen, a fucking uh, a violin here in Austin. I need to reach out to him. I need to get him on the show. Seems like a very cool guy. And he's a badass fucking player. And he's friends with a lot of my friends. In fact, Kendall was like, how do you guys not know each other? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you just don't meet a dude that every all your friends know. And he doesn't meet you. All of his friends know you. And they're like, you never met Johnny? No. That's weird. But it happens. So I'm going to reach out to him and get him on the show. Anyway, that was my Saturday night. Also on Saturday, I spent a lot of time thinking about one of my childhood favorite bands and 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 someone who inspired me. The first band, like I was a Beatle fan from when I was a kid. My, my mom was a music fan. My aunts were a music fan. They instilled music fandom in me. I was into bands. I was into stuff. But when I discovered Kiss, that changed my fucking life, man. I remember Life Before Kiss, and then I remember being in Johnny Paget's bedroom. That's my grandma's next-door neighbor. And we went into his brother's room, and he goes, have you ever heard Kiss, man? And I was like, no, what? what's Kiss? And he hands me Kiss Alive. And I looked at that picture from Kiss Alive, like the cover, because I was like, what in the world is this? It blew my, my little seven- or eight-year-old head exploded. I ran to the record store. I got that record. I got into Kiss. I was a diehard fan. Uh, I bought, uh, I think Destroyer was out at the time. Then I got Rock and Roll Over. Then I got Love Gun. Then I got Kiss Alive 2. Oh, God, man. You open the inside of that, all the explosions, all the shit. I never saw them live at that point. I did watch this HBO special. I I didn't have a TV. My mom and I didn't have a TV when uh, when Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park came on NBC on Halloween weekend, 1978. But my Aunt Christina and my Uncle Chuck lived in the woodlands and we were able to go there. I reserved some time there. I booked some time on their TV to sit there and watch this thing. And everyone was saying how stupid it was, but I was freaking out because my band was there. I used to go to the, to, you know, to the magazine counter, open the magazines, just look at Kiss pictures like in Circus Magazine and Hit Parader and all that shit. Just freak out over this band. Well, anyway... I was a fan all the way up until Dynasty was the last record I bought. I didn't buy Unmasked, and I kind of exited Kiss's time then. So it was a good, like, two-year, oh, sorry, three-year, maybe three-year, four-year period, three-year period that I was a super fan drawing pictures of them, being into them all the time, getting the merch, getting the dolls, getting the T-shirts, getting the posters, the whole thing. All the pictures of me from that time, I'm doing some kind of Kiss thing, sticking out my tongue or some shit. Having friends, all we do is sit around and talk about Kiss. You know what I mean? So anyway, all of that came to an end on Saturday night. Kiss played their last show. My friends, uh, Benjamin from Skyrocket and uh, Todd Crusham and Kyle Crusham, all went and saw the final show in Madison Square Garden. They were invited and guests of of, uh, of some folks that got them some tickets. And uh, anyway... They were there. They live streamed the show. And I was thinking throughout the day, like, wow, I was feeling a little bit uh, nostalgic, a little bit of melancholy, 
sadness. Like this is the end of Kiss. I did see Kiss in the 90s when they reunited and put the makeup back on. Our friends, uh, Push Monkey, were opening for them or were kind enough to invite us to the show. I went to uh, San Antonio with my best friend, Anar, and uh, Danny Crooks, who used to own Steamboat, and my godson, Sean. We all piled in the car in 96, drove out to San Antonio and saw the the resurrection of kiss anyway so kiss called it quits and i was thinking about it all day and it was very you know i was sad i was like wow i'm gonna miss kiss i'm gonna miss them but uh, i got home <laughs> i got home and i saw this stuff on on uh on youtube of the show so i decided to watch it there was a live stream of their last show i decided to watch it when i got home and uh sat back started watching it one of the videos was the end of it and I wanted to see, you know, I wasn't watching the whole thing. Like, you know, I was fast forwarding and watching different videos of different parts of the show and stuff like that. It was, I was feeling sad, but also like, man, I really connected with that band. Those guys really mean something to me. Not like, you know, their lyrics or anything, but they really inspired me. They really inspired kids at that time. And they're, you know, they were, they were the, I was the perfect age at the right time. I was a, you know, seven, eight year old boy. When that, when Johnny handed me Kiss Alive and I saw it for the first time and it exploded my fucking mind. Anyway, so I fast forwarded one of them to the end and I saw the very end and then it said Kiss New Era. It said, it said uh, Rock and Roll All Night and Kiss New Era. So I watched it and there, the, the, it's the end of the show and Paul smashes the guitar and there's smoke and the things are blowing up and then they're walking off the stage and then this stupid fucking video starts with like these video game versions of Kiss like, this is not the end of Kiss, now begins the new era. Dude, it was the cheesiest fucking shit. Also, like, they can't let you miss them. Like, they're literally still walking off the stage and this new era of Kiss pops up. What is the new era of Kiss? And if you haven't heard it, it's uh, avatars of them. I don't know how they're going to present it. If you're going to go to a show and it's going to be like a, a ABBA hologram or Dio hologram or one of those hologram things they have in Vegas or if it'll be in Vegas or if it's going to be a video game you watch or it's a VR fucking thing. I don't even know what it is, but it looks so stupid. I can't even tell you. It's like the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen. It's like Gene Simmons fly. It's like a video game version of them. They move like video games. It doesn't look like a concert, like they're playing in space. The drummer's spinning around and flipping around playing drums. It's just, plus they, I don't know why, but they, they digitally captured themselves like in their mid seventies. So they don't, they're not going to be moving like they did the kiss. You remember, I think they should go back to when Paul used to do his hair all crazy, you know, swing his head around. And they used to, Gene could squat all the way down. He can't squat down like that now. Anyway, whatever kiss my childhood heroes. They constantly inspire and disappoint me in ways that you can't understand. I thought it was so elegant that they were going out, that they were leaving and then we would miss them. They did not give us one fucking second to miss them. They immediately presented the new thing. Anyway, whatever. I don't want to go see uh, digital people concerts. I don't want to go see avatar concerts. I don't want to go see hologram concerts. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm uncool. But um, I, I want to see real people do real stuff out of place. You know what I mean? That's what I signed up for. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to give my my opinion on that kiss thing. 
I was I was actually thinking about getting Nakia on here and me and him just going at it because we're both Kiss fans and just freaking out on it. But now I've gone on forever about Kiss. And anyway, those are my feelings. How do you feel about Kiss? Would you go see some Avatar Kiss concert? Did you see the Avatar thing? Have you ever seen Kiss Live versus this stupid looking Avatar thing? I don't know. Let me know. Tweet at me <laughs> or, or, or go to our Facebook page. Uh, how did I get here? And uh, follow us anyway there and, uh, and let us know what you think about KISS. All right? That's, uh, that's the end of my KISS rant. Gang, I have a great show for you guys today. I have a great, great, great show for you today. And I might be introducing you to a new band that might be one of your favorite new bands of the year. Uh, there's a band called Nolo in town. All right? And they're releasing a brand new single this Friday called Appetite fantastic song i'm actually getting to debut it on the show today you won't hear the whole thing but you'll hear it in pieces like a split up so you're going to get to hear this brand new song appetite they're celebrating with the release show friday december 8th at hole in the wall with one of last week's guests saint loretto on the bill as well so uh you can go to nolothebandcom to find out more about them they have singles out uh, their last single is called Reanimator. Fantastic song. Get out there and check it out. Album comes out in 2024. They're going to be putting out an album. Uh, the record is co-produced by their manager, Kelsey Flanagan, who chimes in on the conversation. But this band is very special. All right. I had all four of the guys on the show together. All right. This is Brett Mayers, who plays guitar and sings. Uh, Richard Wall, who plays uh, bass and sings. And Drew Vina, or Vena. Not sure how you pronounce that, who plays guitar and sings as well. And Jason Amato, who plays drums. Now, these guys are not born and raised in Austin, but they are now a band from Austin who met when they all came from different places in America to go to a rehab because they were all like severely addicted to drugs and having uh, terrible problems in their life. And, uh, And they came here, got in this rehab, cleaned up their act, joined forces and uh, like bonded over this shared struggle of having dependency issues, chemical dependency issues, and, and, and issues that lead up to those chemical dependency issues. You know what I mean? So they came, they straightened out their lives together at the same time, formed this, this very unusual bond. Most bands don't bond like that before they become a band. But then they became a band. Now they're a fantastic band called Nolo. They did this record out at a out at the Orb, which is owned by my dear friend Matt Nevesky from the band Blue October. And they're co-managed by Matt Nevesky and this lovely uh, woman named Kelsey Flanagan, who also co-produced the record. So she's their co-manager and co-producer. And she's the reason why I mention her is because she was sitting here. She came with them for the show. But she, I actually invited her to speak on the mic. And, and she actually talks a little bit and answers some questions. But this is a very serious, heavy, and extremely hilarious conversation with this this brotherhood this amazing brotherhood of musicians that got together and they also by the way make great fucking music they're great songwriters they have something to say this song appetite's fantastic you're gonna love it i cannot wait to see how they pull this stuff off live friday december 8th at the hole in the wall i will be there along with uh one of last week's guests saint loretto playing on the bill so i'm excited to go to the show i'm excited to see how they do this live and i'm excited to hang out with them again uh i feel like they came in strangers but i want to thank them for being super open and super honest about their lives uh, oh, their guitar player, Drew, actually died of an overdose and came back to life. So we actually have a talk about what happens to you when you die. Interesting. 
Very interesting. You can find them at nolotheband.com. This is a really great conversation. It's deep, it's heavy, and as I said, it's fucking hilarious. So enjoy my conversation with Brett, Richard, Drew, and Jason, better known as Nolo. Let's get down. This song, Appetite's fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Thank, you. thank you so much. Yeah, man. And you guys did that at the Orb? We did. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> You're all looking at me, and now I'm like, shit, what do I do? <laughs> um, who was the guy that did a, that recorded it? Sorry, I didn't, I missed that. Yeah, so Appet- Appetite was uh, a song we recorded earlier this year at uh, Orb Studios with... Uh, uh, Kelsey Flanagan, Matt Noveski, um, producing, and uh, uh, Drew Blutcher. Drew Blutcher was engineering in the room. Um, yeah, but we worked on that in uh, like January, February of this year, and uh, more recently we just put a music together for it, and uh, we're going to be a music re- video. A music yes. video. Yeah. Sorry, did I you did said, I say something oh, you different? Music did, man, I'm music just like which we did put some music. <laughs> we put some music together. We did both. I, yeah, I heard very it's good. very good. <laughs> Thank you. It's good, Rich. Very good. <laughs> idiot. Yes, I am. I'm. I miss. Uh, I miss a band. I do. These are usually one on one, but like a band, you're like, oh yeah, I know. I've been in that van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a van too. There did. Did you, is there no van anymore? No. no, the Jay, van, the van's gone. It was it was my van, and I sold it. Okay. To rent an apartment. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Hashtag van life isn't what it's cut out to be on YouTube. No, unfortunately not. No. I never even got there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you guys? How do you travel? Do you travel? Do you play out of town yet? Do you? Because you got been, you guys have been together five years. Yeah. Yeah. One uh, and a half years where you didn't get to play any shows. Wait, say that again? Like one and a half years within there that you didn't really play any shows. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we played in, for like different events and things like that. We played like in Dallas and San Antonio and uh, for the most part, though, we're just in Austin as of okay. right now. But that's kind of something I would say over the next uh, six months that we're really working on. Um, I think one of the next big goals in the new year is to finish... Uh, cutting the rest of this record that we're working on. And, and that's going to come out like in the, you know when? Spring of t- okay. 2024. Okay. Oh, so you got to get to work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we got a bunch. There's a bunch of it there. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that's uh, that we've done pre-pro on. Um, so yeah, in the new year, it'll be just knocking that out. Um, and then hopefully by spring, we're looking at, you know, maybe some, some tours or starting to actually travel. Yeah. Where are you guys all from? Are you all from different places? Jay? Let's go, let's go left to right. From from New York. Okay. From the city? Island. Oh, from the Long Oh, yeah. Long Island. From the Long Island. Do you say uh, Continental Club? 
because that's how a guy told me. And he's like, oh, I love Austin. The Continental Club the is where I hang out. That, that's how I should say it. Yeah. I might start saying it like that. Yeah. But I don't I don't have a New York accent for some reason. He no, does when know. he gets mad. Uh, yeah. Or if, if I talk to another New Yorker, it comes out. Right, right. And I just kind of, I kind of just own it. Like, Jay will be like, yeah, guys, that sounds really good. And then if a guy from New York shows up, he's like, how the fuck you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh! You know? Fucking so, It's just how he does it. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Michigan. Okay. Right outside of Detroit. Oh, that's another tough place. Yeah. Jesus. Not, not as... Detroit's actually... I feel like it gets a worse rep than it deserves. Detroit's pretty nice nowadays. No, I haven't been I mean, there. Parts I haven't been it, there in over a decade. There's parts of it that yeah. are not, but like, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad anymore. Yeah. Last yeah. time I played there, we played at a place that there was a fence, like, with ten foot fence with like barbed wire and shit at the top. Yeah. And you got to call the guy to come out and open it. And you pull your van, and the guy closes it and locks it right away. And then yeah. I'm like, I used to smoke, and I'm like, hey, is there a place to get cigarettes around here? They're like, yeah, there's a convenience store across the street. And I go walk in, the guy's like, what are you doing? It's like during sound check, I'm like, I'm just going to go get cigarettes. He's like, hold on. And he gets a big guy to go with me. Yeah, there's certain parts of Detroit that are so absolutely. I, was, I must have been in that part. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I had some interesting times in that, in certain parts of that city. But like downtown Detroit is beautiful, I think. Yeah. Well, like with the, G, the big building with GM and yeah. stuff on it. Yeah, I've stayed down there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I had a couple friends that used to have. Uh, one of my friends had an apartment in, like downtown Detroit. I was there all the time. But it, the thing that people complain about Austin, what Austin used to be like when I came here in 1991, or like even in the 80s, like like a hundred dollar a month rent and like some big ass house where your band can rehearse in it and yeah. shit. That's where you go is Detroit to live that dream, right? Because it, it's cheaper. You can get in there. There's probably yeah. a bitch in art scene now. Uh I'm. Seems like there would. Usually, when a place gets a little run down, like Brooklyn, you know what I mean. Like yeah. Williamsburg used to be one hundred and fifty dollars a a month rent. You know, yeah. yeah. There's a big like hip hop scene and like blues scene in in Detroit. Um, but yeah, you can and, like again in certain parts of Detroit, you can buy right. a house for like three thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> right now, <laughs> yeah, they'll pay you to take it. Yeah. You know? Like, you can't afford not to get this house. <laughs> uh, um, Drew, where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I then moved to northwest Indiana, Valparaiso, Indiana, to be specific, uh, which is kind of outside of Chicago, like an hour, like 50 minutes outside of Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah and then uh, came down here. Awesome. Like six years ago and met these fools. What, what brought you to Austin from them? What brought me to Austin? Yeah, yeah, from Indiana. Uh, rehab. Oh, we're going to get to that in a second. Okay. Don't blow my thing. <laughs> also, uh, Drew just recently got his uh, green card renewed. Yeah. I did. Oh, great, is, buddy. Yeah. You know, I forgot oh we have God, an immigration problem in this country. <laughs> he, did it. It's, he did it. Yeah, we thought we were We need to protect his, our borders from cats like Drew. Deported and we well, were going to get all his stuff, but... I was surprised that the government even allowed me to stay, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah us I'm too. kidding. You're saying, you're saying <laughs> too like, much. I was like, this is a good... They're going to shut you down. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just proud to be almost American, you know? <laughs> I'm proud to be almost American. <laughs> Where at least I will be free. Well, right. How about that song? So. 
What's that? What? I sometimes I'll sing like when I'm walking, <laughs> like when I go on these walks on the trail and stuff. I literally will sing the hook from all of these songs like that. Like I'll sing the and I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. Let freedom ring. <laughs> I make it like a little medley and then like it ends with we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Yeah. So if you ever see me like smiling. And That's singing, you know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever throw in the Team America song? The America, America fuck yeah. yeah. Coming again to save the motherfucking day, yeah. yeah. That's my favorite I, uh, anthem. Yeah. I feel like the president should should really, like, before his speeches, that should play. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be, dude. You know what? We're not far from it, dude. No. We really aren't. We are not. We think it's funny. But that's a real thing that is probably going to be decreed. <laughs> the whole country is turning into idiocracy. Can you idiocracy. imagine Joe Biden walking out to that? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. I just saw an Onion headline with this picture of him, like, and all his blood flying out of his mouth, and it's <laughs> Joe Biden's lungs fly out of his mouth when he blows out his birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes their stuff is so stupid, it's great. Oh, yeah. Did you yeah. see the photo? His 81st birthday was, <laughs> no. like, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And they put 81 candles on the cake and lit them all, and it just looks like the cake is <laughs> on fire. Give that dude a break, too. You got to blow out 81 candles, bro? Dude, Give that lot. dude a break. That's, you're, my, you're my new favorite guy. <laughs> Why? Why? He's so breakable. Just put eighty-one, like the you get, you know, the you two, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Get the eight, get the, eight, eight, the, eight, the, eight, the one, one. Yeah, you don't yeah, gotta yeah. do eighty-one yeah. fucking someone, candles. Someone had it out for him. Yeah. Are you serious, dude? Yeah, that was a prank. Someone was pranking him. It's yeah. gone sideways already. Uh, Brett, right? Richie. Richie, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, where I'm from? Yeah, where so from? I'm originally. Brett, Richie. Uh, so I was born in Canada as well, and I grew up outside of Toronto, Ontario, and Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, nice! Between both of those areas, yeah. I, I love Cleveland. Yeah. What's yeah. Uh, when's the last time you were there? Uh, four years ago. Nice. It was great. Did you, uh, I, you... I played a private show in Chagrin Falls. Oh yeah, yeah. In someone's backyard, like a rich person's backyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a nice area. It's Chagrin Falls. Uh huh. That's the most Chagrin well, Falls. Well, here's the deal. Once again, smoking and private events gets you hanging out with like the cops that that are doing the parking thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, people yeah. hire cops for the oh, private yeah. parks. Mm. So I end up talking to those guys, and it's a, it's like fifty fifty. Chagrin Falls and Chagrin Falls. They go Chagrin. Yeah, Chagrin. I've never heard that before. Chagrin. That's that sounds so, like how Austin Powers would say it. <laughs> yeah, Chagrin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That took me a second. So you guys, what brought you to Austin? Rehab as well? Yeah. Okay, so you guys all came from different places to a rehab here in Austin. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> that is yeah. correct. I don't mean to laugh. No. That's no, you can. It is funny. No, you can. It's, it's super funny. Absolutely funny. So my girlfriend's in the racket. She's like 20 years sober and is turned around. She helps the people get it together. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I've heard a lot of rehab stories over the last year, yeah. like both from her rehab yeah. and from working at a rehab. Yeah. Um, so, okay, well, let's start with you, Jay. Mm -hmm. What was going on with you? Were you guys on drugs or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I was doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, the drugs will make you forget. Well, you, I mean, <laughs> were you, were you, you know, like, were you guys from troubled homes? Were you from a troubled home or anything? No. You were just a kid that went sideways? I was, yeah, like, super normal upbringing, have really awesome parents, which is, uh, they, 
were a big factor in me uh, getting sober. They like did a whole bunch of shit to make sure I wasn't going to fucking overdose or something like that. Um, but yeah, just a bunch of tries and rehabs and stuff like that. And the reason I came to Texas is because there was a rehab, um, there's a rehab down here that's like music oriented, uh-huh. which is awesome. And I was just kind of shit out of luck and in a bad spot. And my parents were like, Hey, we found this place. Why don't you try it? So I was like, fuck it, try it. And it worked really well. <laughs> was it really that pleasant? What's that? Like the like, hey, we found this place. It no. was like, hey, listen, no, motherfucker. No, no, no. The real story <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want it, was <laughs> of they, course I do. I was in and out of detoxes, and I was going to this real shitty detox. This was like so. All right, fuck it. I'll just tell you. Yeah, man, the, come the on. Bare Let story. it rip. I was. I turned twenty six. I guess. Okay. So up until then. I had a charmed little life of living off of my parents' insurance. Okay. And then <laughs> uh, I turned 26. I don't have that insurance anymore. I'm on some like state-funded shit, and it starts to get really real. I'm having to deal with the real world and what it's like to be addicted to drugs um, and not have all the resources that I had in the past. So I was going in and out of this place in Queens, New York. It was Cornerstone Detox. And uh, it's it's like a step above jail. It's scary. I'm a white boy from the suburbs, and yeah. I was terrified of being there. I went there like six times, just kept getting high every time I got out. My parents literally kidnapped me uh, and said, we're taking you to upstate New York. We got this like super religious rehab that we're going to put you in for like six months. <laughs> and I That's was like... Nice. Yeah, 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 and I was, uh, I was like, fuck it, whatever, because I, I, was, I was just done at that point, too, you know, um, but somehow I got my hands on a bunch of Xanax right before I went, and then, uh, so they're trying to get me better, I'm upstate eating a ton of Xanax, and I ran out of the Xanax, and what happens when you run out of Xanax is you have seizures, so I'm like, working with them, trying to get into uh, the treatment center. And then while I'm in this cabin in upstate New York uh, and out of drugs officially, I have this crazy seizure. Um, and I woke up to the cops slapping me on my face. like waking me up <laughs> How did they my, know you were in trouble? Because I was having a seizure. On the, I, I know, but how did they, how did they see you? Who, oh, who so I was my parents. Okay, because okay, my parents, okay. okay. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like literally out cold, like, yeah. Doing whatever you do. Fuck, um, man. And uh, yeah, I think it's kind of funny, though. Like, I literally woke up. It's not, it wasn't funny at the time, but it was, it's, it's a little funny to me now. Um, to cops standing over me, uh, they took me in the ambulance. So that was the last time I ever got high, was, was in a cabin in upstate New York with my parents. And then while I was in the hospital, uh, all that, everything got set up. And my parents were like, hey, like, come on, like, let's do this thing, go yeah. somewhere. Yeah. At that point, uh, I was just like, yo, all right, fine. Like, I'm so sick of doing this. I hadn't wanted, I, did, I was over drugs for a while, but the thing about drugs is like, it's it's a bitch to get off them, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is what they say. So. Uh, were you playing drums and stuff, like in bands or anything? Like, 
What was so, going on what, drumming wise? Yeah, so I actually. Sorry, it's a little weird. I like you guys. <laughs> uh, I was in a pretty. It was successful for what it was for like a fucking local band, and we made it to like touring and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and I was getting, I was in the midst of my addiction. Uh, they kicked me out of that band because I was getting high all the time. Uh, but I was, I was with that. I started that band with the singer, um, and it was nothing but love. But they were like, "Just dude, you got too bad of a problem. Like, go get help." Um, so yeah, so I, I got to do a lot of cool things with music, but I don't think I fully appreciated it all because sure. of the state that I was in. That sucks. It does suck. Yeah. And then the last year or two before uh, I got sober and stayed sober, um, I just didn't play drums. I actually sold all my shit. That's that's like kind of where it got yeah. to, you know? That sucks. Yeah. I'm glad that you made it, man. Thank all you. of you guys, seriously. Thank you. What about you, Brett? What was your... Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it is interesting. There's a lot. There's a lot of information. Well, I mean, there's 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 a very unique fucking uh 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 bond that you guys have that no bands that I know except for like Aerosmith has. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that this is uh I mean this is gonna inform how you how your music and everything for the rest of your lives or for at least, sure you yep. know especially now but go ahead sorry man. yeah no you're good uh so yeah i grew up in uh like southeast michigan um pretty for the most part normal upbringing um and uh yeah i don't know i, I got into opiates when i was like 15 or 16 uh there was like I worked at this grocery store where my mom worked and there was like some dude there that used to sell me, uh, I started like smoking weed and stuff. And then I think I bought weed off this guy or something. And then one time he was like, I'll sell you these tramadol for 50 cents a piece. And I was like, those are drugs I can afford. (laughs) And, uh, but that was kind of the beginning of like, I was like, oh shit, this feels, this is how I would like to feel all the time, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, I remember like being a senior in high school and, and that was the first time I probably thought to myself, like, I think I have a problem with drugs. Like this is, you see what all your friends are doing and how everybody else is around you. And I'm like, I'm a couple notches above that for some reason. And uh Anyways, I had a couple friends that kind of matched me at that level. Yeah. Um, but maybe, actually, maybe just one, really. But uh, but yeah, so uh, at 21, at age 21, I went to rehab for the first time. It's actually a funny story. It, uh, it was this place called... Uh, serenity point recovery mm-hmm. actually there's many there's many levels of this being a funny story uh so i i showed up at, at my parents house at like eight in the morning on some day i like didn't go to work i was up high on ketamine and uh a bunch of these like research chemical drugs because i couldn't find heroin with my buddy and it was all tripped out of my mind and I like showed up at my parents' house in the morning and I was like, I need to go to treatment. And uh they were like, Okay, 
all right. <laughs> like, they're basically just like, yeah, we, we thought that. Yeah. And um, so yeah. just Googled, like, rehab nearby or whatever, and this place called Serenity Point Recovery pops up. And it was in right outside of Grand Rapids. Battle Creek. No, it was Marne, Marne actually. that's it. Yeah, yeah, just a nowhere town. Um, uh, but, yeah, so I went up there and went through the detox process. Everything seemed normal. And then uh, you get into the actual programming portion of the rehab, and it turns out it's a Scientology <laughs> rehab. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. They, like, gave me a book that said L. Ron Hubbard <laughs> on it. And I was I was literally, like, I, the dude, like, slid it to me, like, the group facilitator or yeah, whatever, yeah. and I, I, like, <laughs> saw that, and I just slid it back to him, and I was like, I'm going to go somewhere else, actually. And I went to my counselor, and I was like, I can't do this shit. <laughs> I'm like, they had you do some weird shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you did, they, they, thankfully, they gave you an option to do, like, a 12-step thing, and I yeah. was like, that sounds more up more my speed yeah and uh but you didn't have to meet like xenu and the thetans or anything no dude no, <laughs> no I, I think you have to ascend those ranks too to, to meet xenu i didn't yeah, i didn't have the i think xenu is a big problem like once you're in and you can't get out anymore then they're like all right we're doing this all for this one guy yeah <laughs> yeah Zenu. yeah and the uh yeah anyways they you kind of got to know some of the sci- the Scientology lore while you're in there too. There's like pictures of L. Ron Hubbard on the wall and shit. The people in my room, me included, we stole one of those pictures off the wall and like drew like a mustache on him and yeah, shit yeah, yeah. like all this stupid shit and hung it up in our room. Uh, we got in trouble for that, but um anyways. There's a sorry to interrupt. No, go you, but for there's, it. There's there's this documentary about it called Going Clear. Did you see? Oh yeah, it? yeah, it's yeah, a great yeah. documentary. I'm, I made I'm this, aware of it, but I haven't seen it. I made this EP, and me and the producer watched it the night before we went in the studio. And there's this scene that he kept on rewinding because it was making us laugh so hard. But there's a part where Tom Cruise and the main guy turn to this giant painting of of oh, L. Ron right. Hubbard and go to L. R. H. So <laughs> whenever we had a good take. That's yeah. what he would say. Tell R.H. Dude, it's <laughs> so, just some regular guy, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's the most regular <laughs> yeah. looking, just old dude. You realize like, that the Wizard of Oz thing is so real. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. as long as you yeah. tell people enough shit, like, you, you can be some weird old yeah. guy. Yeah, I think he, like, has, like, the record. People might just say this, but I think he has, like, the record for most fictional workings of any author. Probably, yeah, yeah. And then everybody's like, no, we're going to take thing. his word for it, this guy. Um, anyways. So, but yeah, at this uh, treatment center, I met uh, who is now my wife, uh, Ashley, and uh, that started, that's like a whole other storyline, but um, yeah, I met this girl in treatment, and uh, seven years later, we got married, so that actually worked out somehow. But, and you guys are still together. Yeah, we got, we got married in August. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, so then much. you came down here eventually for rehab, did she too? Yes, but really quick. Okay, no, go ahead. So when I did get down here, and I just want to say this while I'm still on the topic of this treatment center, I have this this tattoo that's 311, uh-huh. and everybody always thinks it's the band 311, which it's not. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> we're, good. Hey, we're good, dude. We're, we, fucking, we just missed that. But uh, we're in the clear. Um but uh, Drew asked me about it when, after I'd met him down here. I was like, oh, it's a room I was in in treatment. 
like in in the last treatment center I was in. He was like, oh, okay. I, I forget exactly how it goes down, but at a later point, Drew says, I was also in a room 311 in a rehab. And I was like, okay. Or no, 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 that's what... I said it was a room from treatment. He said he was in a room 311 as well. And then at a later point, mm. we come to find out that Drew was at the same rehab I was at <laughs> wow. in the same room Wow! a week before I got there. And wow. then he came back a week after I left. Wow. We'll get to Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, and then we met in Texas at a different rehab. It's but. weird because there is there is almost some sort of like, I'm not a big fake guy, but do you guys think like, man, we're really like... How often do you go into rehab and there's all the dudes for for a band? Yeah, <laughs> like in your rehab, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, how often does that? No, it's it's. I think sometimes it's easy to forget, but I mean, just really thinking about it, especially thinking back to like the first, especially like in the first six months when we all met and like started playing music together. Um, you know, especially too, because like we're all we're all very different, but we're also all very similar and we all have like similar senses of humor, similar interests, similar fears, insecurities, all that shit. And, and we all play music. And honestly, you know, in that first year it was like, holy shit, this is, this is like such a blessing that, that we all met each other when we did. Cause just real quickly, like for me, before I got to treatment and met these guys, I was I was kind of over music, you know, I was like, this is Richard. Talking. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this no, is, okay. this is Richie. Um, Richie. But yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of ready to just throw all my shit in a burn barrel and be done with it. But after meeting these guys, um, it like brought that back to life for me. So, so yeah, it was a blessing. Did any of you real quick before we get to your, your, your thing, Drew, were you, Oh, were you you were living in uh, Chicago or outside of Chicago? So, no, he was Cleveland. No, so I'm Cleveland. Cleveland. Sorry, yeah. sorry. No, all right, good. right. All good. Everywhere. Yeah. And then you came here for rehab as well. Yes. From there. Yeah. So none of you guys lived here. You were here for, and you ended up living here. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So uh, for for me, uh, this is Richie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Richie. One more time. <laughs> um, yeah. For for me, I was living in an apartment in Cleveland, Ohio, and. Um, at the time, I was I was working on an EP with a close friend of mine in Cleveland, um, but I was I was struggling really hard at this point. I I had been in and out of rehabs, detoxes over and over and over, um, and I was at this point where I was not using for this year. I was just smoking weed at the time, but I wasn't drinking or doing anything else. Because I just kind of knew my truth at that point. Every time I started drinking, um, I'd end up in detox, you know, without fail. Because um, I couldn't stop drinking. Um, so anyway, um, I wasn't drinking at the time, um, but I wasn't doing anything else. Like I was completely isolated. Um, I didn't want to have anything to do with any type of community or recovery program. Right. And I was just kind of <laughs> holed up in this apartment for the better part of a year. And I was trying to record music. I was trying to do shit and it just nothing was really happening. Um, and I ended up like driving myself crazy. The internal monologue got louder and louder and yeah. nastier and nastier 
And it finally like drove me to a point where I just broke down. I called my mom and I was like, hey, I'm like really struggling um, and I need to get help. And so she ended up uh, uh, kind of like Jay was saying earlier, because uh, I went we went to this music rehab. My mom typed in like music rehab yeah. and she was like, hey, I found this music rehab. Do you want to try that? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's let's go. Let's try it. Um, and so anyway, I came down here and uh, yeah, came down here for rehab. I had no intention of staying at first. I was like, I'm going to do like 30 days inpatient and then come back to Cleveland. You know, I just, I felt like I needed like, you know, a month at least of some prolonged help, but had no intention of staying at first, but ended up, ended up sticking around after that. It's amazing. Yeah. You know what I just thought of when you just said in Cleveland? In Cleveland, (laughs) Detroit. You know the heart of rock and roll by Huey Lewis and the News? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, the heart of rock and roll is to beat in in Cleveland. And then he goes, Detroit. <laughs> Just after for no reason. It's because they're rock and roll cities. Yeah. Detroit. <laughs> What's the Detroit Sorry. Rock City? Isn't there like the, the Drew Carey themes? What is that? Isn't there it's, something about Cleveland? Cleveland too? Rocks. Yeah, Cleveland. that's right. I never that's even right. watched that show, but I know the song. That's all I knew. Yeah, I know the song yeah. Cleveland Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Some people think that, but it's really it's, no, Cleveland's awesome. I, know. I just I'm, I'm I'm from Michigan, so I have to shit right, on Ohio right, right. to make it seem like Michigan doesn't. Suck. I just played in Cedar Rapids a couple months ago. You know the band Fastball? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, play yeah. keyboards and guitar with them sometimes no shit. as a fourth guy in the band, and we played up there. It's so nice, man. In Michigan? Yeah, it was you, so nice. You talking about Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids? Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah, dude. Cedar Rapids. What yeah, I'm yeah, Grand Rapids. No, Grand Rapids is I I love that. Town. Stayed right downtown. The gig was like. At our hotel, yeah. too, which was awesome. Well, what, what hotel was it? Was it the Amway? It's a new, like, nice hotel. Yeah. Maybe it's the Amway. Maybe that. Yeah, it's a nice so. place. Has a, has a rooftop bar? I can't remember. Sorry. If it had a bar, I feel like Richie would remember. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it seemed like fairly new since you've been not up there drinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. All right, Drew. Uh, yeah. Tell us the story, baby. So, Lean into that microphone. Where, where do you want me to start? You're you're in uh, outside of Chicago. Yeah, and and you're messed up on what? Okay, so originally it it starts with alcohol. I drink a lot during high school. Mm-hmm. I get introduced to alcohol from my brother. My dad also drinks a lot. Uh, my dad is sober now. My brother also is actually sober for like eight months now. That's great. Um, I have two brothers. The other one's still using, but. Um, yeah, so originally I'm just like drinking a shit ton and it gets worse and worse and my family's worried about me. And then when I'm 18, I get piss hammered and I drive into a lake. Um, (laughs) round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And it is one of the funniest things I've ever done, but it was also... My yeah. parents don't think it's very funny. They still, uh, that time hasn't, they still, well, they're not at a My dad will laugh yet. at it. Okay. My mother does not <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> find it funny at all. Um, He's so the front page of the news. Dude. I was. Yeah, yeah they even talked about me in Chicago. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's my first run in with fame. And let me tell you, it's, it's an addictive substance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was great. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so uh, in order to, to 
<laughs> he drove into many more lakes. After yeah. This, yeah. Got yeah. Once you know, got a taste for it. Just chasing <laughs> yeah. that high again, you know? No, it was just the one lake. Uh, lost my Volkswagen Jetta. She was a good car. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you drove into a lake. Yeah. And I go to jail. Yeah. Uh, my mother bails me out, and she goes, you're going to rehab, so the judge will be easy on you. Uh, so I go to rehab. While I'm there, I meet a bunch of people that are on heroin, and they're all on Suboxone while they're... Because Suboxone was kind of a new thing when I went to rehab when I was right. 18. Uh, and they're all on Suboxone, and um, they look like they're generally having a good time. And I'm only 18. I'm not done using. No. You know, but at this point, I hadn't had that much experience with pills, some Xanax, uh, definitely Adderall. I was a big Adderall guy. Um, so when I get out, I try drinking again and I'm like, I cannot get away with this. Everybody knows I smell like booze. Yeah. I can't get away with this. So I started taking a lot more pills and eventually I get into, yeah, eventually (laughs) very smart. Uh, eventually I get into oxys. Um, and pretty quickly after the oxys, I didn't have the money to afford them. So I just started doing heroin, snorted it for like two weeks. And then I was like fuck it yeah let's go <laughs> started shooting yeah. it uh, and throughout all that i was still taking a lot of amphetamines with the heroin and yeah which is kind of counterproductive but i guess i liked it yeah. um went to a shit ton of rehabs in there too uh went to the same rehab as brett right actually know some of his friends from that rehab mm-hmm. uh and then i went so actually the last time before recovery unplugged here in austin I went back to Scientology Man rehab. Elrond's <laughs> um, Haven. Because honestly, it was the easiest rehab to go to. Like, they did not give a fuck what you were doing. It was like summer camp. It, it was like summer camp. It was like 130 people. Yeah. It was like no one even watched what you were doing. So it was kind of like fun for me. Um, and then like, well, when I was in California was the last time I did heroin because I uh, died. And, Jesus, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. And my uh, kidneys did the old shutdown for a, for a little bit, um, which was, uh, it sucked. Um, so that's the last time I did heroin. That was in 2017, uh, March, I believe, of 2017. But I kept using stupid drugs after that. I wasn't going to do heroin again because right. I just, quite right. frankly, did not enjoy dying. Um so I started taking like a lot of gabapentin and uh, Benzodrex inhalers, which are over the counter stuff, and like cough syrups That's and smart. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Scissor. You know, whatever you can get, whatever you can get. Uh, so when I got to RU, uh, I. So, remember, and just to be clear, our, our, that's the, the the treatment center here okay. in Austin. Yeah, recovery unplugged. Recovery unplugged. Um, on the way down, I didn't have my ID. So the flight attendant, no, 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 I had my ID, but the flight was too short, so the flight attendant wouldn't serve me alcohol, so I had to pay her cash to her pocket for her to give me alcohol, <laughs> and she did, so I, I got drunk, and then I uh, made my way to detox here, and uh, I didn't even really think I was going to stay sober, to be completely honest. It wasn't like... You weren't planning on no, it? No, no, I wasn't planning on it. Uh but something just kind of like clicked in that moment while yeah. I was down here. 
I like liked the people I was meeting. I wanted to stay here. And I had burned every bridge where I was from. It was all done. So, yeah, just decided it was better to not do it again. Yeah. That's amazing. Like an amazing story that all of you, like it's a very inspiring story. Everyone's here. You guys all look fucking great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Even with my shitty back. Even with your shitty back. I'm, I haven't seen your back, but I'm, I'll check out your back. Oh, it it leave, sucks, I promise. Dude. I pulled it, it from bending down, which is so pathetic. Dude, I, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 55. I'm in this band with other people. Like, we're at rehearsal. Our drummer's not there. And all of a sudden, we finally get this text like, hey, I can't. I can't make it. I hurt my back. I'm I'm stuck on my bath on my kitchen floor. Yeah. So I call him and I'm like, "Dude, are you all right? What's going on?" He's. I was like, "What'd you do?" He's like, "I reached for a glass of water and sneezed." Yeah. He was reaching for a glass and he sneezed and he couldn't fucking move. That's basically what <laughs> yes. happened to me. I had one leg. This happened like 36 hours ago, and all of a sudden, I literally when it happened, oh, God. my girlfriend was laughing because I went. My noise was ah ah oh no oh no, and then. <laughs> And I went and sat down and just was like, I, I can't move. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It still hurts really bad. You wish in those moments that you'd be like, oh, or yeah, like you some wish manly like, noise, mm. but you're like, ha, ha. And then I started thinking about like people like in war. I wonder what they sound like. Do you think they go like, ah? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. No, sad. probably not. Probably make a... One quick question before we talk about music. Yeah. And thank you guys for because I know that, you know. I mean, it's in your bio and stuff, so people yeah. are going to ask you. But but it's this is this is the stuff that people connect with because somewhere out there, either someone's been through what you've been through, or they're at a place where they need to go through what you've been through. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Drew, when you're dead, what what happens? Oh, give me the answer. Million dollar question. Really, I know. Yeah. He just breezed over it. Like yeah. Even Nikki Six went into deeper stuff about it than you did. Yeah. So I mean, it was weird. Um, it wasn't quite like sleeping. Uh, for me personally, it was like the absence of being, um, literally. That's what I, I think just, it's, it's supposed to be. Yeah. It just wasn't anything, yeah. uh, which was calm because, uh, the ego was dead. Um, but when I came back to life, I can tell you it was, uh, the most pain I've ever experienced actually. Wow. It was like just all my nerves fired at once. Oof. And uh, I also had no sense of, like, where my body was. It was kind of, like, floating around this, like, moving cart I was on. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of, like, looking down didn't, at myself, didn't too. Didn't you say and, you'd, you'd met uh, Ronald Reagan? Yeah, I met. <laughs> <laughs> I met, was... well, I met Nancy Reagan, and she said. That's right. She said, just say no. Yeah, that's drugs. right. That's right. What, uh... And that's, what, that's ultimately what got you sober. What was, that... what was the noise you made when you woke up? I went, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he was going, Nancy! <laughs> ah, Nancy. Nancy, ah. Yeah. Uh, all I remember is that when I woke up, uh, my mother didn't know that I was alive again. So I started pulling her own hair out. Oh, jeez. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Which was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. That's so, rough. Yeah. Then I was like, well, I can't die because yeah. my mother will probably kill herself. So. Yeah. And, you know, or at I least love, go bald. Or at least go bald, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> And trust me, you don't want to go bolt. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, <laughs> hey, Thank you for the reminder. I, I don't. I just wanted to say. Yeah. No, yeah. I went bald when I was like 19. It started when I was like 19. Fuck. Yeah. I'm only 20. <laughs> I'm only 29 and I'm like, I'm aging like milk. Fuck. It's all going bad. <laughs> 
at least you're in a band. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you got a girlfriend, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah, you got two. Drew, you're killing those it, are, dude. Those are usually people's top two things to check. I'm out. not an incel. No one said you were. No, I, don't I went through, there's a photo behind you guys with a bunch of real serious dudes in a thing. And there's one guy, you might not be able to see him because of that curtain, but there is a bald guy in oh, there. But that's my best friend, Anar, and he used to have uh, purple hair and then he had this platinum blonde hair, but it was going. And we went swimming <laughs> at his dad's house. His dad got out of the water and there was a long fucking like thing and he was doing the push and swoop. And Anar saw his future and he came over one day and said, hey, I... I, I don't think I'm going to fight it. I'm going to go with it. Just embrace and it. I was like, really? Yeah. He came over 20 minutes later. It's cool. Plus, if you got a good looking head, he looks cool, bald. That guy looks cool. No, that boy's yeah. got a dome on him. Yeah, man. yeah, it's good. You never know what you're dealing with until you let it go, but yours right. is good, too. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a great head. Yeah. Drew, you have yeah. a beautiful dome. Drew's actually, Drew is, uh, <laughs> the lack of hair on the top of his head actually makes him a great swimmer. Yeah, it's, I. Kelsey, I have an award for this work that I do, just so you know. Okay. That's it. Well, no, you know the manager's like, oh my god, where did I brought these guys to this apartment with this dog that humps pillows, and he makes them talk about their drug experiences, and now they're just talking about their bald dudes that they know. And I just wanted to make sure that you weren't worried. Like, who did I get on this thing? Sorry. No, not at all. I have an award for this work. I do. <laughs> we got them credentials handy. It just it's seems, good to it just hear. doesn't seem like it, but there's magic being made right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was saying, but just when I'm bald, I can swim better. It's like hydrodynamic. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I'm bald by choice. I actually like force it, the follicles out. Yeah. Does the beard, though, create some resistance that uh, you might want to... <laughs> You would think, but I actually, I cover it in Vaseline. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, great. Um, he slides right through what, that water. Tell you Michael Phelps can't touch me. Yeah. Thank God. Drew got reverse plugs. <laughs> he did. Yeah. <laughs> hair grows into his head. Yeah. It's just ingrown hair. From the air. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, you guys are like the Beatles. You know, like the Beatles were like a rolling, like three stooges. You know what I mean? They were yeah. just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Say, I appreciate that. That's that's the biggest compliment I've ever received. I love, received. A, I love a band's sense of humor. That's the like, coolest thing you could ever say. Oh, thanks, man. Um, so in music, uh, you guys write incredible songs. Like your songs are fucking great. Now, thank you. Thank you. Is there a a main songwriter? That was an odd sort of uh, a main songwriter. <laughs> songwriter. Yeah. There's a I little, rise little too. Christopher Walken. Get a little walking for you. <laughs> songwriter. One of you must be the main songwriter. <laughs> I would say that Brett and Richie take a lot of the bulk of like chord progressions. And like how to, they, they're really good at like formulating key changes and like different time signatures, how it can all fit together. And then me and Jay like to kind of build on that bed and, and uh, that's, that's what I would say. But it, yeah. but it all definitely kind of cycles through all of us. Um, yeah. And I think like more recently, um, you know, you were talking earlier about uh, playing or having rehearsals, you know, in Austin, like in a house or whatever. And I feel like we're really fortunate um jay and i live in a 
in a house in South Austin together, and we have we're able to have rehearsals there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we used to all live in that house together. Yeah, also for for and, many years. And we've definitely pissed off our neighbors yeah. at mm-hmm. points um, on the there's a Facebook the neighborhood group. Facebook group. But uh, <laughs> where's that bass coming? From? That was like <laughs> that, last week. The last week. I just I just look in the group. Does anyone else hear that bass? Um, but yeah, like more recently, you know, um, we, we rehearsed together once a week, um, at Jay and I's house and, uh, and, and it's been like a really, I don't know, more recently, it's been this much more like organic process of, you know, someone starting with a riff and then all of us just kind of jumping on together and kind of exploring it together. And so it's very, it's very much like a team effort when we're writing together. That's great when you can get that happening, man. Yeah. It's so great. But you know what the other thing too is that it has an incredible amount of focus for that. Now, does that come from the people that you work with? Or are you coming in with that stuff? Like it has a, you have a sound. Like it doesn't, you think of four different dudes coming up with ideas. There yeah. could be like a country song and yeah. a New Order song <laughs> and, a, you know, God knows what. But like you guys all seem to be in the same yeah. headspace musically. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, kind of. Like, I, honestly, to me, I think it almost speaks to how collaborative every song is, is because I don't think we're really in the same headspace musically. I think we all compromise and find a sound that we all like. Oh, my bad. No, go, no, go Jay, for go for it. I think, I, I love that you bring it up, because we were talking about it the other day. Yeah. Me and Richie were, um, or maybe, I don't know, one of us were talking. But um, that, I think our sound, even our, our more recent sounds, like, came over time. And for me, like, when I listen to our older stuff, it is a lot more of, like, contrasting ideas and for us i think it was always like hey we all have the equal you know like democratic say in this and let's explore these ideas and let's try to put them into the song and i think we just got really good at working together uh which is like fast forward to this sound that we have nowadays where it's like i think we kind of know our parts really well and like where we push and pull and it's evolved into in my eyes uh more cohesive, like more solid songwriting. Yeah, which is it's just been a cool experience over the last couple of years to see it kind of get to where it is now. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, you're at a place where you have like songs that sound like they should be on the radio. You know. Thanks. Cool. Awesome. I mean, both Reanimator <laughs> and Appetite both have potential. Old school men. That's yes, cool. sir. That's like a... you got a spittoon around here, dude. I'm no, just kidding. I'm kidding. Reanimator <laughs> out now. Spit it in Rosie's mouth. That'll fuck up the rest of her day. Rosie! <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's sleeping. She didn't care now. Wow. Um, so, uh, so when you got out, like when you decided to go ahead and stay here, like how how did you? Like some of you didn't have drums. Yeah. Right. I'm not. Oh no, drummer. you didn't have drums. Sorry. Well, you didn't have drums. Richie was the original drummer of the oh. band, and yeah. he he has a little kicker. So yeah, well, that, he wasn't playing on the little kicker. So the oh. I'll, I'll just I'll just kind of start the the way uh, like so we you know I initially uh, this is Richie by the way I, I met Brett in um, uh, in a group in treatment 
And we started just kind of monkeying around together uh, where we were staying in in the treatment center, uh, just playing playing music together. Um, and we knew of of Drew, and we had seen like Drew was in a a level of care past me and Brett called IOP. And we would see Drew kind of wander into the treatment center at points. And uh, anyway, we got to know him next and Drew played guitar. And so originally it was me, Brett and Drew, and I was playing drums for the band. Um, and Drew and Brett were playing guitar. We And we didn't have a bass. No, it was a really dumb setup. It was really silly. But um, I had an octave pedal, which was it was kind of like a local H type. Did you have an octave you, pedal? Yeah. Does one I of do. you use a whammy pedal? I do. Drew does. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Um. But yeah. So the band started out the three of us, and then we um we all got out of inpatient treatment and moved on to this level of care called IOP, which is called intensive outpatient, um, where you're. You're like you're not inpatient, like you're not in rehab anymore. Like you're living somewhere in the city, and you're just coming yeah, to, yeah. to groups three times a yeah. week. But we ended up meeting, uh, or kind of, you know, heard of Jay at that point. And we Jay heard whispers. We heard of yeah. the 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 legend of Jason Amato, and uh, he was playing in a different band at the time. And we ended up um, playing a house show. Uh, with Jay's band and I remember I remember talking with Brett and Drew after that show and Brett was like we got to get that guy in our band and um, so eventually you know Jay's band I think kind of just broke up naturally like like the next day I think was that band called Pacemaker (laughs) Pacemaker (laughs) Peacemaker man but uh, <laughs> that was so defensive. Peacemaker, Peacemaker man, come on, Peacemaker, man. man. I don't give a shit. But uh, but yeah, it wasn't long after that Jay joined our band, and uh, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Then we just kept, you know, hanging out, playing music. I mean, I think the the biggest thing, even before the music though, too, was like we all we all just got along really well, you know, and we all kind of became best friends pretty quickly. Um, and then the music just kind of came naturally from there, I guess. We or, used to have to fucking hunt Richie down to get him to play with us. Really? Yeah. It was what like, was it was going so on? What were you out Rich playing? was finding yeah. his young child self for a bit. That's an interesting way of putting it. But uh, <laughs> not even his child, his particularly young child self. Yeah, maybe, young child yeah, self. I don't know what would you call it. Your inner child. I was. I was. Yeah. I was. I was, I was uh, on the hunt for my 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 inner child. He was, trying to, he was trying to wrangle that boy. I was. Um, no, I just remember you were always riding around on longboards, listening to Blink. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, the longboard thing, That's I remember. Fair. So, yeah, no, I uh, I did. I mean, I got I got a skateboard um, when I got out of treatment, and um, you know, I didn't I didn't have my phone while I was in treatment, so I started just listening to like, you know, all the music that I grew up listening to. I guess I was just spending some time on my own. You know, that was important well, to me. Well, it was when very I got frustrating. Well. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. So let me ask you this: What do you guys? What do you guys want out of this? This music racket. Music racket. Yeah. 
Um, because it it seems like you have the tools to go really, you know, as far as you can go. I don't even know what that means nowadays, but like to quote unquote be famous. As someone outside of a building would say. I used to think that, I, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I want as many people to hear our music as possible. Yeah. Um. But I don't want, like, it's not like my my end game is to be some famous guy or something. Sure. Like, I, I really just want to, uh, like, be the best guitar player I can possibly be every day and then, like, be the best member of this band I can be every day. Those are, like, my main two goals. And, like, whatever else happens after that yeah. is, like, fine, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like if you... One day at a time. Yeah. I feel yeah. like if you put See good in... That was, dude. No, that's it. Thanks, it. That's it. Is that, is that Bill W over there? I can't tell. <laughs> no. Uh, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like if if uh, I don't know, I feel like if I'm just focused on those two things, then everything else should be what it's supposed to be. Yeah, you know? I think like for me too, this idea um, there there was a period in my addiction. Um, and I think this like spurred on my addiction. Um, cause I had all these like kind of crazy expectations of like what yeah. I felt yeah. like life owed me yeah, 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 almost, yeah, yeah. you know? And part of that was like the quote unquote, like rock star, you know, life or whatever. And there was a period in my life, um, I was drinking really heavily and I was just kind of having this like pity party for myself pretty regularly about like you know what I felt like my life should be yeah and it wasn't happening the yeah. way I expected it to and you know that's in retrospect thinking about that now it's like you know kind of kind of crazy that I ever felt like the world owed me something yeah. you know um but just to Brett's point you know uh I 100% agree with so much of what he just said like I just want to show up for these guys, for our band, um, for myself as a musician, as a person, and, um, you know, try to, to write music that, that I care about and that I love. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of let the rest happen as it happens, if it happens or doesn't happen or whatever. Like we, I think we just want to play music and, and write the best songs we possibly can, you know? That would be, my answer would be, um, yeah, be able to do it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And like have the freedom to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Along with <clears throat> pretty much agreeing with <laughs> what both y'all just said. But yeah, I think that's important to me is like, yeah, just want to be able to continue it, you know? Yeah. It's interesting because there's like, you know, you, you can try. I've tried to get away from it. Like I've tried to be like, yeah. uh, like, oh, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, really? Come on. Um, I don't even have a dining room. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't care. Like, no, I'm just, I just loved. It. Yeah, this bro, is this way cool. Awesome. Right, 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 right. It's a nice piano. But um, there's like this thing. Like, you look at like Paul McCartney. Like that guy doesn't have to do it, but he has to. Yeah, because it's inside of him, and that's who he is. That's what he does. What's he not going to do it? He's just going to go sit in a room and stare at the walls or something? Like, yeah. no way, man. Yeah, and. Yeah, go, go no, for it. No, I, I, that just made me think, like, even in, in like, the heart of me getting high, I still made music, and it sucked. 
Maybe not all of it sucked, but it like wasn't real. Like I don't know, it wasn't what I would consider good nowadays. But like I, I often think like I don't know if I was stuck in that in a similar spot like that and couldn't make music. Like I don't know what what I would have done. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like mentally, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, but and I've yeah, I mean. I don't know. There's been periods along the way where, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like there's those moments. Um, I don't know. I was, uh, I was, I was in a, a relationship a couple years ago and there was just a night where, um, I don't know. I was like staring at the ceiling and I just honestly, I just wanted to go and, hang out with you guys and play music but it is like that that crazy feeling of like oh my god like i have to i have to do this somehow you know yeah and uh like there's there's no shutting it off it's very difficult to shut it off no in some ways it's it's amazing but in other ways it's almost like a weird curse yeah Yeah. very much go ahead what were you gonna say jason no i i literally just left uh my job because i was like fighting that uh because it started to run into music. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, right? Look at that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. What was... You don't have to say where it was, but what, what was it just like? It was, a, it was like a marketing company. Okay, go ahead. Um, but yeah, but it was like, that was really busy. And the band got to a place where like, we're really busy now. And uh, I was trying to keep both up. But yeah, like I wasn't happy. And I was like, well one thing's got to go and it's not going to be music or right the band and literally i mean like my family yeah so yeah that was a crazy uh crossroads i just ran into well but yeah i mean you you make those sometimes those things like you just end up all you needed to do was quit that job and you realize oh yeah i can do this you know what i mean yeah yeah i'm way happier for it already you know yeah um, there's one thing like in this day and age, like when I was coming up in like the, the late eighties and all the nineties, there was a lot of managers that manage bands at the level that you're at now. There aren't a lot that do that anymore because there's just not a lot, like there's no huge payoff coming when you signed a universal or something and have a number one record. There's not a three bazillion dollars coming your way. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Kelsey. Oh, all good. Um, <laughs> no, but the fact that you do it, like I, I, I find it interesting that you guys, I, I find it interesting that that Matt has gone into that space because it's, it's not, it's not a, it's, it's even, even now when, when the band gets to where you want them to go, it's not unless you're Taylor Swift where you're like Taylor Swift's manager is like, you know, living like whatever the guy was that managed Led Zeppelin, whose name I'm drawing a blank on, but you know who I'm talking about, yeah. violent guy. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, the question I have was that, how did you, how did you get in connection with Matt and Kelsey? I'm not just saying it cause you're here. I would ask them anyway. No, I just didn't want you to think True. I was kissing your ass. Um, <laughs> I had met Kelsey before, uh, and showed her my band's music mm-hmm. and then we released the album. How did you meet? Like, what under what context? Like, did you call a meeting with her? Or did you run into her at the store? Or? We went on a date from Bumble. This is this is like this is like easily one of the best podcasts I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. uh, there it is. This is amazing. It was COVID times. I remember there was a lot of masks. I went, yeah, I went on one of those. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. Then we released the album, 
And she had started working at uh, Orb. She showed Matt, and then she reached out to me to come do a day at Orb uh, on the house. You yeah, know what I'm saying? In the context of artist development. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd say, yeah. you know, that yeah. there's a thing that's happened for a long time is that if you're good – you don't you don't have to get the ten thousand dollars together to go in because someone believes in what you're doing enough to sort of take a risk on it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which which uh, and you guys are that good. I mean, I would have done the same thing. Oh well, thank you, thank you. By thank you. Thank and you it honestly though was and I think continues to be amazing to us that anybody did that. Yeah, like it yeah. like still doesn't seem. It doesn't good. happen a lot anymore. Like no. it, it no. did. It did when I was coming up. Yeah. They did a lot more. I just remember walking into Orb for the first time, and I was like, I made it. (laughs) Dude, that feels like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And it, it, like, it still feels like that. Yeah. You know, just, like, being able to go into a studio with people, Kelsey, Matt, um, Drew. There's a bunch of other people. Yeah. Not this Drew. No, uh, Drew Bletcher. But just getting to like the opportunity to, to be in that incredible space with incredible people who like give a shit about us yeah. and the music yeah. that we that we're making. It's it's like that, you know, that's the dream come true. Yeah. Honestly, you yeah. know, it, it's crazy. And you're an actual team like you guys are all yep. together, like working on this thing. And it's interesting to have managers that are also uh they're they're not just like a guy in a tie or so you know it's like guys that people that know music and know recording and know what a good record is yeah and if i can just kind of please speak on that as well it was like when matt and i uh brought nolo in that day for just to kind of see what would happen because we liked the ep so much and we recorded class one and it was it was just a good vibe all around it turned into like a year and a half of just artist development and helping them kind of change their or just hone in on their sound yes, kind yeah. of just like work on dynamics of the band and how that works in a studio and also because that day was like most of y'all's first day at an actual studio there's so much like learning curve with that and just Matt and I having the studio experience it was like at its roots very creative and directional and the management thing it wasn't like Matt and I were gonna like break into like the management aspect of of this industry that was never even really the intention it was super organically and so it was just kind of like it felt like the next step and so that's just kind of the way it unfolded it was never like matt and i are going to start some big management company and take on a bunch of clients and like you know it was like truly like for nolo and built around the relationship that we had with them so it's still like has been very like a seamless transition but it's interesting because there is the um creative element to our relationship which is not typical for most like management right you know it's like there's not i mean pretty much every session they've ever had i've been in the studio with them um and obviously with matt being on tour he's there when he can or whatever but it's more you know hit and miss with him on, on studio days but i think that that's what makes this situation really um unique and yeah, I think we're all just kind of learning a lot about it as we go, you know. Yeah. Well, that's to me. That's always like how the met. So you were done. Sorry, I just yeah, took yeah. the microphone back. I'm like, you're done, Kelsey. Kelsey, what's your last name? Flanagan. Flanagan. Kelsey Flanagan. Uh, thanks for talking. 
Um, at the, I, I had that same thing happen with a manager that was kind of like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, you just run around playing gigs? There, you, no big picture? Like, they... You made this scare the shit out of Rosie. She, like, woke her from her slumber. Um, what was I just saying? Uh, the, you had a manager. Yeah, same kind of thing. Like, and, and we, uh, my band, like, we didn't, like we stopped playing gigs and we just started like rehearsing and writing songs all the time and then showcasing like at a rehearsal space so we weren't really playing gigs anymore and then we got this record deal with this subsidiary of Electra that was owned by Lars Ulrich and half of the town thought we were lying like they thought we were like dude those guys don't even play gigs like, <laughs> you know yeah so yeah i mean that's stuff like when you can refocus your thing and you have help cuz it's not you can't in this day and age, especially, like, I mean, back then, like, we didn't have to be our own pub. I know you even have a publicist. But still, like, on social media, you have to be working this yeah. fucking angle that you never had to. But, like, can you imagine Robert Plant in the back of the Led Zeppelin bus? Like, make sure, Jimmy, Jimmy, did you get that photo from last night? I need to post it. I need to post it to our stories. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just not a fucking thing. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. So yeah. weird. Yeah. But it's nice to have to have that sort of creative team that's able to sort of like look at the big picture for you because it's so myopic, your vision yeah. sometimes when you're just trying to get like, you know, the biggest thing is like, we got to play this gig that Friday at the hole in the wall. But there's a whole world out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Well, and I just wanted to just to kind of touch base on, you know, talking uh, about Kelsey and Matt and artist management but um the coolest thing about i think like our journey um and it kind of goes back to that whole like you know expectations versus allowing things to unfold like the coolest thing about this process with with nolo has been it's just all kind of unfolded organically and i i feel so lucky to get to be a part of that, this like kind of natural organic unfolding. Yeah. Cause it hasn't felt like forced or, you know, ego driven. Yeah. It's just a lot of people who care about each other and who care about music. Yeah. And we're all just working together to try and, I don't know, create something that we all think is cool. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and that's a blessing. Um, especially just with like, you know, Kelsey was talking about, management as well as the creative relationship and i'm like so glad that we work with people who see both sides yeah. of that you know and have experience with both sides yeah. of that so when and that manager guy that i had was uh and obviously lars ulrich is in a band yeah. but like everybody <laughs> everybody knew how to make records and stuff in my in our team yep. and so that was really cool too and people but like you didn't laugh at their advice yeah, I laughed a couple of times, but I, you don't really laugh at their advice because it's not real weird. It's not stupid. No, it's not like you you know your aunt or something giving advice. But um, yeah, those it's it's really amazing because the one thing is it's also difficult to make all the things align, and everything's aligned. But there could be like just some weird thing like your songs suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but you thank God you have like the thing. You were gonna say something, Jay? Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, even outside of like the the team and like the creative element and all that, and I think that, like you were saying, like unfolding is very organic. Uh, just like 
shouting out, I guess, or like, uh, it's just like for, for Kelsey and Matt, uh, teaching us a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For when we first went in there and like, that was a huge part of this thing too, was, uh, us coming in with not a lot of knowledge on, you know, we, we could write and we enjoyed making music, but we didn't really know any of the other sides of it. Uh, and just them having a lot of patience and, um, yeah, just uh, working with us till we kind of got up to speed too with with how to actually get stuff out there and I don't know. I just figure it's worth saying, you know. Yeah. Well, you're sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think it was. Um, I think it was really serendipitous the way that it worked out because when I had met Drew, you had sent me. I wasn't. I I wasn't working in music at that time. I had taken a big hiatus after COVID had happened, and it was kind of like one of those throw in the towel put it in a burn pile, like done with it. Yeah. I had had this like, (laughs) literally. Yeah. I I mean, not landscaping. She was getting into landscaping. (laughs) (laughs) She was starting her own company. She just purchased a lawnmower. Yeah. I was, I was at that point in my life when I had met Drew and he had sent me, um, the EP y'all had recorded. It wasn't released. It was like a private link on SoundCloud or some shit or whatever. And then like fast forward to like a year or maybe even longer later, I was working at Orb Studios and Matt and I had just kind of started the conversation about maybe doing artist development together Uh because it was something he'd been doing on his own and I'd been a music teacher for many years and kind of like mentoring like different artists in that sense in writing and like nurturing songwriters and musicians and stuff like that. That had been like my, my path for a while. So we had just started the conversation about maybe doing that together and what that would look like. And it was all just kind of hypothetical. And then Drew reached out to me, just kind of like, hey, remember me? That EP's released now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. It took a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> when you had sent me the link, I genuinely like listened to it many times and was like, this is awesome. But again, wasn't doing shit in music, you know? So I was just like, this is cool. I can appreciate this. So when it came out and you sent it, I was like, this is kind of perfect. So when we brought them in, again, it was like I only kind of knew Drew, had no idea. It it very well could have been a flop, but it was just, I don't know, it was just a, a really good fit right off the bat. Yep. Um, so it's just little things like that where it's kind of like all these weird overlapping storylines that just kind of all yeah. like happened at the same time um, that I think is really validating, like moving forward. Yeah. And it's like getting little wins and stuff just keeps working out and working out and like throwing shit at the wall and it's sticking, you know, has just kind of been like the, I don't know. I think we've just had a lot of little successes like that. And it's just been very serendipitous and like, yeah, you know, I I think also to to just another small point on the serendipity is, uh, (laughs) serendipity salt, baby is, uh, we're sponsored by Bush's chicken. (laughs) Um, no, but there was a friend of ours, a mutual friend uh, of ours and Matt's, who was also like trying to nudge us towards Orb Recording Studios, like at at the same time. So there was like many forces were were sort of ushering us into Orb at that point, yeah, yeah. which was kind of kind of cool. When I when I heard your music, I mean, just because I know Matt so well, and I just met you today, but but I uh, I when I heard you, I was like, oh god, man, he can find bands that like like this is a, like you sound like a band that Matt would be like if you were on a road trip, and he was like, oh, check out this band I've been listening to. Like you sound like a band like that. <laughs> oh, dope! It's pretty that's, awesome. That's yeah. a great yeah. compliment. Thank you as so well. much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we have similar tastes, like a weird, obscure, uh, like cool pop bands that never made it. We like them. Hell yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Anyway, um, 
Okay, so there's one thing, Kelsey, don't leave. <laughs> Got a couple things I want to make sure. Yeah, sure, okay. dude. Okay. How was the date? <laughs> dude, that's a question everybody's been dying dude, to get answered. I don't bro. think so. We, we've no never even approached the subject. We have it, and I'm so glad. We're lucky, that I'm we're cheeky doing enough on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this has ever come up. Kelsey, I, I want it. Ever actually been said out loud until I so badly, more than anything, want to hear your side. Yes. Oh my god! Did Drew have a mask on when you first saw him? <laughs> yes. No. I don't think no. So. No, no, okay. no. I wasn't afraid of the COVID. Yeah, that's right. No, it was outside. Even though you got we it like 12 times. <laughs> yeah, outside. like... Yeah, we went away. to the little darling. Um, okay, let's let's hear, let's hear more about that. <laughs> this is very uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Drew, shut up. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, okay. it was it's good. good. Well, I mean, obviously... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, All right. Okay. Obviously. I'm so grateful, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. so weird because I, like, really don't do like the app thing i've maybe met up with three people yeah. my entire life yeah. on that you know what i mean because it's just like not something i'm very comfortable with so it makes sense like that you would be again just talking about serendipity like there i don't think there was a like romantic connection but no this well, is so much better look, yeah. yes. let me let me like this is so much better than whatever that you know when been. when you guys when arrived the win of the day. it was of yeah was yeah. it a handshake or a hug the, that initiated the contact. probably a fist bump. I also, don't. Remember. <laughs> yeah, that's fist bump, the fist bump energy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember. Okay, all right. I love it. I went. I, maybe you're out of my. You're probably out of my age range. That's why you didn't come up on my thing. But I was on the Bumble during that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're too old for. You're old to. You're, yeah, you're too old for me. <laughs> <laughs> you have it from like 18 to 19. That's it. Very. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. set on that age range. I had a thing. I dated two young, younger women, and not like I didn't try. What was and, the gap? Uh, one was seventeen years, and the other one, I know, right? <laughs> you, all you guys are like, whoa, and the other one was like twenty-two, which is a lot. I mean, I'm fifty-five, but you know, whatever's in my forties. Um, get, get, you know, get what you're doing. But you know, that was a pulling a I, real Leo. Well, I'll tell you what, you're, you're, I, I have. I, I have incredible relationships and friendships with women who, including my grandmother, who just like, like the, really, you're going to be that guy? Like that part of it is the part that is sad. And then the other thing is like when you're dating someone and you're like, and you're like oh, it's like Watergate. And they're like, oh, what was Watergate? And you're like, okay. So it was this thing. <laughs> Nixon. Yeah, 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 exactly. See? The president yeah. cried and yeah. said goodbye to the country. Yeah. <laughs> and then but he got on a helicopter and he I wasn't away. trying to date young people. They just came into my life and they liked me. And I mean, shit, I was like, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a jerk. Um, <laughs> great people, still great friends. And you guys are great friends. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think this is actually best case scenario. I'm yeah. so grateful that scenario. you guys went on that date. <laughs> no, too. for real. Really. No, I mean, honestly, like, all, all the serendipity involved, like all of you guys ending up in the same rehab. Yeah. You guys bumbling out on the, <laughs> on the uh, in 2020. They called Drew Bumbledore, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Drew Bumbledore. That yeah. was a... That's fucking awesome. Uh, I'm gonna come on the eighth. And see you guys. Hell yeah. Because I also love St. Loretto. That's a great bill. Like, yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys are good bands to be on the. With bears as well. Are they like them? What yeah, is, they're, they're I don't like know them. Alternative rock pop. Oh, cool. They're great. 
Yeah, we're super stoked for that yeah, show. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the music that that there's like a movement right now that I'm feeling and I'm excited about it. It's like whatever happens after the killers. Like people that are in a rock band but also can relate to like New Order. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like stuff like that. And it seems like all of you guys kind of have that same sort of vision. You don't sound the same, but you match, sure. yeah. so to speak. Hell yeah. yeah. That's, That's super ideal. cool. Yeah. You guys are cool, man. This has been great meeting yeah. you guys. Yeah, like, like, can you tell like, us likewise. that we're like the Beatles one more time? Yeah, you guys are like the Beatles. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Yeah. No do you guys, no you way. know John Doe from the Band X? I don't. Uh, do you know the Band X? Like this legendary punk band? I. That's more of a J question. Uh, really? You know that's Los Angeles no. band? No. One of the most famous, probably the most famous American. I've punk heard band of outside of from the from the not New York mm-hmm. on. Okay. Um, well, it wouldn't make it would, it's not going to make you laugh. But uh, he, 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 him, and this lady Exine Servenka, they sing in this band, and and you know how like bands have a sound like if when, as soon as the Beatles start singing, you know it's them. As soon as yeah. the Eagles, the the Bee Gees, the Doobie Brothers, like you you know these vocal sounds, right? They're like their signature sounds, yeah. and I was like, and and you guys have that, and he just started laughing so hard. He was like, nobody. Because if you heard them sing, you'd be like, they don't sound like the Eagles. But I, I was like, oh, no, you're nowhere near as good. You're just, you're just as identifiable. Like, yeah, you know yeah. it's you when you start singing. Because they're not anywhere near as good, but they're they're awesome. Yeah. In their well, I, yeah. I, we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really, I like you guys. I hope that we get to stay in touch. You too, Kelsey. Would love, love, love to, Johnny. And I'm yeah. a big, I'm a huge fan of Matt's. Like, I've always loved that guy so much. Same. Just such yeah. a talented guy and such a good person. Very humble. Very humble. Yep. Very humble. And so funny. Yes. He, he's sober now too, right? I saw him post something about that. Did he? Matt, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure. Posting. Either. Huh. In his own right. In his own right. If he yeah, is, congratulations. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll tell one Matt story. It doesn't really Please. have Matt. It just shows what uh, what would happen to me sometimes. Uh, I want to say like 15 years ago, we did a songwriter in the round, and I'm in this cover band called Skyrocket. And so whenever I have something I'd rather do, I go do that. I got a sub that comes in and fills for me. Mm-hmm. It's all good. So I go do the songwriter on the round. It's like Matt, me, you know, Casey McPherson, the yeah. guy from Alpha. So Casey, and he was not sober then. Uh, <laughs> he's a disaster as a human being when he's not. Um, and he's the first to say it. I'm not speaking at all. And our friend Ryan. And so, af- okay, so... Uh, the show Skyrocket was playing the show down the street from where we were doing this songwriting of the round. So they're like, "Hey, we're playing late. Why don't you come by and sing a couple songs? You know that you sing with the band." I'm like, "Okay, sure." So after the gig, I don't know what happened, but there was like shots and stuff. And the next day, I I woke up and I was like, "Oh shit! I was supposed to go sing at Cedar Street with Skyrocket." So I called Aaron and I'm like, "Hey man, I'm really sorry about last night." He's like, "Why? You sounded great." <laughs> I sang five songs. I had no, <laughs> no way. I, I, I know shit. I didn't eat dinner, but I drank a lot. It was, a, it was a, yeah. I was. That's like a full blackout, not even a brownout. It's a blackout. Uh, but apparently, it was like you were drunk, and I was like, oh my god, really? Like you were just killing. I have it. no. Rem- it was one of, you were just you, you were peaking. Right? Yeah. I think I do. I do think that there's a thing that gets dangerous as you get older and you do this so much. Is that. You can still do it because it's like fucking second nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can yeah. still, if you can still hold your tune. I mean, I don't pride myself in anything like that. And I, I keep myself, you know, 
I mean, I'll have a cocktail every now and then before I play because those shows are like three and a half hours long yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, the, you can develop some pretty bad habits yeah. doing those. Yeah. Like being able to still do it. But that's a, that's incredible. You showed up to that that gig. That's incredible. <laughs> I, really I remember yeah, looking yeah, at my girlfriend it. and going, "Like I went last night." She was like, "God, thank God you didn't drive, dude." Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, man, it has been great having you guys on. Uh, Likewise, the, the single "Appetite" comes out on December eighth. Uh, there are a lot of uh, songs out you can go listen to on the streaming services. But Friday, December eighth, at the Hole in the Wall, they will be having their single and video release show. You can go to Nolo the band. Oh, the other question outside yeah. of how the date was was <laughs> what is nolo dude it's as simple as we we used to call ourselves the seventh circuit way back when and uh we were like man that name sucks yeah and uh <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it does no suck it. it's a nightmare yeah yeah you yeah. know so it's also like a part of the court system or some shit so um so so is so is no <laughs> well so well but not in the not not in the same well anyway sense. brett brett one day like we were talking about wanting to change the name and uh brett one day like literally pulled up dictionary.com and it was like the word of the day was nolo and brett was like what about that and we were like i don't know we were like yeah let's run it and i specifically remember richie grabbed a notepad and a pen and you wrote it in uppercase and lowercase. Oh yeah, I wanted I wanted to see what it looked and like. And I remember you were looking at it going, Yeah. That good. <laughs> that's that's an important detail is we were actually the only all lowercase Nolo in the land. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we had to fight for that lowercase N. Dude. Yeah. We did. They did not want it to be that, all lowercase. That lowercase N means something. It does. But it does. but Nolo means uh it's, no. it's a Latin uh, legal term, nolo contendri, uh, which means pleading no contest. Okay. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But there are also like uh, acronyms, you know, that we've run into. Neighbors of Lower Ocean is a neighborhood in Santa Monica. No one. live operator. But we, we encourage <laughs> no people to come up. We encourage people Which to come up with true. their own, uh, you know, meaning or acronym with that. But, but yeah, it's as, kind of as simple as that, you know. I was trying to think of an acronym. I'm Never terrible. only like owls. Yeah, yeah, it's a good that's one. the kind of stuff I was thinking of. Yeah. Just like it's not that it's not as good as. It's, it's kind of fun though because always people kind of take guesses at what it means, and so every once in a while we get a new one. Yeah, and we love it's, that. It does sound like a part of Austin, Nolo. You know, like uh, <laughs> like, got... like Soho or something. <laughs> I like, I'd like yeah. to open a restaurant that's noodles or lentils only. <laughs> Now yeah. that is genius. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's go. It would suck. That would not be a, a good restaurant. You never talking about. You ever eaten Madras lentils? Delicious. But only noodles and lentils. Noodles or lentils I, only. Maybe it, on it. maybe it wouldn't suck. Dude, this is fi Austin. Fifteen also. years ago, ramen was a thing that cost fifteen cents yeah, at the thing, and you yeah. ate it. Now. No. It's a giant restaurant. We scene. paid good money for ramen know, the other I night, know. dude. And we were literally talking about. I was like, bro, they're making so much fucking money off this. Yeah, this cost ten cents to make. Yeah, I paid twenty dollars. That's the for thing. It. Yeah, you stick a little ox foot in there, or whatever the fuck they're sticking in there now. <laughs> yeah, half of an egg. Is yeah, some. Yeah, half an egg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> America, what's it coming to? Uh, no, but, uh, sorry, December eighth, hole in the wall. What time do you guys play? 
Oh, it doesn't matter because I'll have to see the same. The show starts at 8 p.m. That sounds great. Um, yeah, and then, and then uh, yeah, we're playing with St. Loretto and Swimming with Bears, and we're super stoked. Uh, we'll, we'll be playing. We're playing at 10:45. Yeah. So yeah, super stoked. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll go early. Hell I did yeah. that last time I went to go see St. Loretto. I got to get out of the house early. Come come. Oh. Oh, dude! Yeah, come hang out with us. Yeah, I will. I'll come hang out. Cool. Hell yeah. 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 Awesome. Great hey, meeting you guys. Johnny, Great meeting you too. Johnny. Thanks Great so much you. for having yeah, us. Yeah, really. Appreciate thanks for doing the show. Of course. Oh, and thanks for being honest. Like, I know that shit's heavy and um, you went into some weird places in your life, but we love yeah, doing it. Thanks for doing it. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. love it. Gang, that was Nolo. That song, Appetite, that you're hearing there is debuting on the show. I want to thank them for letting me debut it. That single drops this Friday, December 8th, and they are celebrating with a release show this Friday, December 8th at the Hole in the Wall. Go to nolotheband.com for all of your Nolo the Band needs. Okay? Check out uh, their song, Reanimator. Great song. All right? Get out there and check them out. They're a fantastic band. I'm looking forward to seeing the show. I want to thank them for coming on the show, for being honest, for being open. I want to thank my friend Nat Navoski for setting this up and uh, also their co-manager, Kelsey, for hanging out and chiming in. All right? Hey, gang, don't forget when you're out there checking nolotheband.com. You can, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you find podcasts. Get new shows every Tuesday, every Friday. And now in the holiday season, in the spirit of the holiday season, we will, we will be dropping... Uh, from the vault shows every Saturday night. So every Saturday night, if you subscribe, leave us a rating, let us know how we're doing. You can follow us at, on Facebook at how did I get here? And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Johnny Gowdy. Have a great week. Whatever it is you're doing, go to this show Friday, December 8th at hole in the wall. Here's the rest of the song appetite by the great band. Nolo. Let's get down. Breaking in